right, sweet. What's going on, you guys? The Throne Podcast. We are back. Episode 110. And I got a pretty special guest in the house today, man. Augustino Zingo. What's going on, bud? Yeah, what's up in there, man? Nice to nice to be here. Nice to meet you, man. Hope yeah, you yeah, well. yeah. This is the first time we're meeting. Uh, I reached out over mm-hmm. YouTube and, and through Instagram to try and sit down with you because uh, I started watching your show probably around uh, the the Crystalia stuff. I don't know if the algorithm yeah, 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 just yeah. caught. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> <laughs> or, or what, but yeah. I ended up watching your show around that time, and um, I really dig the commentary. I've always, awesome. um, I have like a few pen pals that live in England, so I don't know if I just get along with brits i don't you know oh, I don't awesome know. that's quick so, <laughs> that's cool to know yeah, i don't yeah, know i just yeah. i felt this kind of yeah, yeah, like yeah. it'd be a good vibe and uh yeah yeah for sure for especially sure. with that topic i recently started getting into red bar around the same time yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Like oh, I, he's, he's a wild guy man yeah 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 <laughs> i just found out about him and so i don't know i just kind of went down this rabbit hole because I'll, I'll tell you this uh as a podcaster you know someone else who does the show i started out yeah, yeah. probably like everyone else listening to um joe rogan and stuff like of that course. Yeah. I forgot to close my door. My dog's in here now. <laughs> so, no, <it's> good. <laughs> so um, you know, I started off with Joe Rogan, Fighter and the Kid, mm. mm-hmm. a podcast like that. And over the the years, I kind of find myself being jaded with those yeah, yeah. shows. Mm. Like I don't, I, I, I gradually like wean myself off. And yeah. then now you're dealing with um, the Spotify deal for Rogan, which is kind of like a blessing and a curse, depending on mm-hmm. who you ask. And then you got, you know, Callan going through his thing and Shab trying to keep the ship afloat. So mm. um, how did you get into podcasts? What was like the first show that you like listened to, you know, religiously and, and were a fan of? Um, I got into a diff- I got into it mostly via the startup crew. So mostly via, I think the first kind of thing I might have listened to might have been like Ben Greenfield and Tim Ferriss. Those are the first things I got into because I was really, I'm still into kind of the kind of whole startup scene that's where i've kind of essentially been working most of my life okay or most of my kind of professional career outside of kind of working in bars and you know shops and stuff right my first office job was in the startup scene so i kind of got into all that and that was when i don't know if you remember the whole like um self um actualization movement and the kind of biohacking scene and all that sort of malarkey when people were drinking buttered coffee and all that sort of shit that was when i started listening there was an era when um there was a time when whatever on it is now, there was a company prior to it by a guy called Dave Asprey. He used to make this sort of like buttered coffee concoction that was meant to... Oh, buttered like, coffee. You know, yeah, buttered coffee, sorry. You, yeah, t- yeah, you yeah, drink yeah, that yeah. and it kind of keep you awake so you could crush all your goals, all that sort of stuff. That was like that kind the, of movement. their gimmick? Yeah, that was basically their gimmick. Gotcha. I think he, was, he actually might have been on Pima. I think he had an appearance on the Joe Rogan podcast a few years ago. It's not really Aubrey Marcus, well. right? It's not the same dude that he did no, on no, it it's not. No, it's, okay, a, okay. it's a guy called, it's a guy called uh, Dave Asprey. Okay, and, um, okay, okay. I think people end up, you know, he, he, I think he ended up going on Joe Rogan's podcast and he ended up, you know, having a bit of a, uh, a disagreement in terms of the science behind his products and he hasn't been on since. Uh, in, you know, it's been a bit, yeah, I so. remember he used to talk about butter coffee a lot. and then, Yeah, do you remember? That was a big thing. Yeah. Yes. So then I think, yeah, I think, you know, I think maybe due to his friendship with Rhonda Patrick or somebody might have kind of shown him that, hey, this, is actually, this isn't actually healthy. It's not actually good for you to drink. <laughs> You know, Yo. a whole tub of butter in your coffee. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It's something that I, one of the first Red Bar clips um, that I saw was, um, well, not one of the first, but one of the more popular ones that I saw was when he called out Kevin Hart for when he was yeah. uh, basically doing a promo ad for the Beyond Meat stuff. And Rogan's like, oh. nah, that's just terrible for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah, he yeah, shows yeah. a clip where Kevin Hart is like an, an endorser of the product. So he's not just candidly bringing it up. 
yeah, he's yeah, bringing course, it course, up because he's sponsored by oh, them. You yeah, know of what course, I mean? of course, hundred percent. Yeah, and that's the that's the unfortunate shady side of things. So that's how I kind of got into it, mostly through those kind of guys, and then I kind of stumbled upon Joe, I guess, mostly because of some of the maybe UFC Navy SEALs, not 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 Navy, not UFC actually, mostly. Some of the maybe fitnessy startupy people that went on there. Wow, okay. And then I kind of got into him through there. I kind of got into UFC through him through there. Okay. And that kind of was my gateway through to everything. But in, I basically started from podcasts mostly via startups and business, so like entrepreneurial stuff. And then ah, that's okay. Guys, yeah. Gotcha. Well, yeah, you know, I think that's a pretty big podcast genre, you know, self-help or entrepreneurial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's funny. I found Rogan because, you know, I used to watch Fear Factor as a kid, you know. You know oh, awesome. It, yeah, it would yeah, just yeah. be awesome. Mm-hmm. Or, not awesome. It would be on TV. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was decent enough show, whatever. And then I got uh, UFC Undisputed 2009 for the PlayStation 3. And I hear this dude on commentary. I was like, Rogan, isn't that the Fear Factor guy? And then just wow. go back. Oh, he does stand-up. And then yeah, I, was, yeah. I had this era where I would go on Pandora Radio and I would have... It would not. I have no music. It would be all comedians mm. like Joey Diaz radio, Joe mm. Rogan radio, mm. Bill Burr mm. radio. Mm. So I was super into stand up for a long time, and I think that's really what got me into podcasting. Um, <clears throat> I've listened to a, there was a one podcast that I listened to called uh, the Mental Mental Illness Happy Hour. Who uh, okay, <laughs> uh, Christina Pajitsky was a guest on one time. So oh, that's awesome. how I ended up watching it or listening to it, and it was kind of yeah. like you know, dude, going through day to day like people that have that are dealing with mental health issues basically yeah, whatever yeah. it may be and i thought that was a pretty cool topic but it's like um eventually it's like you know i was like 50 episodes you know in you know listening like weekly and stuff and it's just like every week it's so depressing man it's like every yeah, I was guest gonna say, is like, like it's all it's gonna it's a it's a, it it's a started good topic to weigh on me yeah it could probably have a bit of a you know it, it, it's like um it's like those people that <clears> listen to um, serial killer podcasts and stuff and yeah. the mystery ones like after like isn't that like you just invite all this darkness into your heart like come on man have a laugh the first serial <laughs> the first serial was really good though the, did yeah, you ever of course. hear it? the first was amazing but then Yo. after a while you're like this is really macabre this is really odd yeah yeah the one with the the soldier and stuff i kind of halfway through i was kind of out of it but that first <laughs> one dude i binged the fuck out yeah, of yeah, a good yeah, of course, murder yeah. mystery from the 90s high school shit yo yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah. so perfect like especially to americans you know i don't know I, maybe it's the same over there but south park had that episode about murder porn and shit mm. No, we love it here. We love. Oh, okay, we okay, this show. okay. We had this show called Crime Watch in the UK, uh-huh. where um, essentially they would kind of. It was kind of a weird show. Sort of like a. Looking back on it, it was really freaky. It was sort of like <laughs> a show where they would have a, an appeal for like crimes that had been unsolved. Okay. Basically, that was the basic premise. It would come on like on Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, sorry, when everyone was at home, mm-hmm. and um, it was really popular. Where they'd have these, you know, um, cold cases that were unsolved, or maybe you know, a really young kid went missing, and. I would run home to watch the show on Saturday <laughs> evenings, running to go and see other people crying on TV about their relatives that have gone missing, their little the little girl that got kidnapped at a supermarket right, right, right. somewhere. Here's right. me, you know, eating my Pringles, <laughs> watching people suffer on TV. And then finally oh. the penny dropped to me. I was like, why am I running home to watch people cry about a family member that's part? And then I just stopped watching it after a while. And then unfortunately too, one of the, the presenters of the show, she got murdered on her doorstep like yes exactly. it took a turn for the worst it's like what the someone fuck? some hitman or somebody I'm not, it, it, and it, it has never been solved no one actually solved the case she Damn. one day opened her door to a ring and she got blasted in the face and just died like that and that was it and it was like what Yo. the f and it kind of it's sort of like similar to what's that guy um the guy that catches all the pedos uh, uh chris harrison 
Chris Hansen? Chris, yeah, yeah. He got he stabbed. There's a story that he got stabbed or something. Oh, oh, oh. That's why he got stopped. No, no, so no, 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 no. That was that uh, the dude on Cheaters. Oh, that was it. Yeah, Cheaters. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah I forgot his name, but yes, yeah, he got yeah. stabbed. Yes. I think yeah, it was on an episode, of, yeah. though, and they didn't air it. It wasn't like oh, random. It? Oh, really? Like okay. he was there and, and he's like, you got to talk to him. And he got stabbed up or some shit. <laughs> so they have it on camera. I think the guy got arrested and shit. But yeah, um, yeah. that's yeah. fucking, it's funny, man, because I would, I would love shows like First 48 mm, and uh, for, Forensic Files, dude. Like yeah. overnight, True TV was my shit or Court TV as it was for a while. But um, regardless, um, another thing I noticed, um, which I thought we actually had in common, was that you do DJ sets and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm a drummer for a metal band. So oh, awesome. I've, awesome. I've, yeah, yeah. I've heard you um, talk about, you know, the struggles right now that the performance industry is going through, not being able to mm. play out. Um, mm -hmm. Granted, I live in Florida. And Florida is probably one of the more lax states. Like, there's yeah, you guys states. don't give a fuck. Hey, listen, man. It's, I love it. I you know? love it. I love it. Florida you guys don't man, give a you fuck. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we have a dope scene in Miami, or, and yeah. uh, but it's a lot of electronic, bro. Like, it'd be perfect yeah. for for someone like you, because for me, metal band. You know, I have our community of metal bands down here and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's harder. You know, we have our set little like three, four places, and then we're seeing them close one by one. You know what I mean? so or get bought out by people who don't like metal and don't want to have us on anymore you know that happened yeah. with a really really dope place here called O'Malley's they had a sick ass stage the food was mm. phenomenal hot bartenders and then they someone bought it out some dude oh, was the bartender yeah, the they redecorated and they stopped the having on the metal bands and the live Thursdays and shit yeah. and it just ruined the whole vibe of that place dude it happens here in the UK too it's, it's and you would know as well playing in because um, obviously, I guess if from my experience, I think if you're, it's a bit difficult, of course, in your band. But I get the feeling that you know bands have a bit more of a, you have a bit more of experience in playing in different types of places. For oh yeah, there's only certain types of places you can play. But you know as well as I do, small things create such a big difference. You know, just a couple of door guys changing at a place can change the vibe of venue. Oh yeah, the manager changing. So let alone the owners. As soon as a new owner steps in, I always. Like me and my friend, kind of, you know, some of our people that kind of go out and DJ friends, we always say, sort of like, we sort of like try and have a bet about how shit this place is going to get and how long it'll take <laughs> when it changes ownership. It always happens. Yeah. There's like a grace period where they kind of, you know, keep the keep the momentum going and then suddenly it just takes a turn because everyone wants right. to make their own rules and, you know, put on their own people and it just goes completely left. It's always like that. It's really disappointing that happens, man. Yeah, it's really shit. Um, yeah. Especially, uh, I mean, when for us it's kind of like a niche genre already you know over there yeah, exactly electronic music is pretty popular you know i was watching some of your dj sets i'm usually not a house person like i really mm. love daft punk like i love mm. daft punk you yeah, know, awesome, uh, awesome, yeah. um you know homework uh the the self-titled um yeah ram like i really lo love them but as far as like other stuff i was i was into dead mouse and, st and stuff for a while yeah, yeah. but i don't know it was never been my thing but I, I listened to some of your dj sets man and it was pretty infectious you know what i'm saying like yeah, if yeah, I, yeah. I could see myself like in a club setting like definitely vibe into it you know what i mean yeah it's it's weird you guys are like you have such a rich history of music but i'm not sure what it is about dance music electronic music just hasn't necessarily caught on as much as it has in it in parts of europe yeah that's why we're basic that's why it's kind of really good here because we have such it's such a, it's such on a level playing field like there's there's people that are that are that are as much into metal and into indie and into pop punk as they right. are into DJs. Right. Whereas in the US, it feels like everyone's just into that music genre and then the DJing stuff is sort of left at the bottom. Right. And then what you do have available is really commercial and it's not, it's, it's either hot and cold, you know, there's no like, um, 
there's no sort of like um great middle tier people. It's either like you listen to Dead Mouse or you listen to some guy at your local bar. There's no like middle tier, you know. Right, there's right, no right. like middle. So that makes it a bit a bit difficult. But that's a real that's a kind of especially, you know, with flipping Detroit being a home of techno, it's a real shame that it hasn't necessarily captured everyone's imagination in the US as it has done in Europe. Here people it's an actual lifestyle. It feels like yeah. in the US just you know especially the kids they just use edm as a as an option just to take mad amounts of molly do you know what i mean it's not necessarily <laughs> yeah, yeah. they don't really care about the music it's just an right. excuse to get absolutely wrecked right <laughs> and that's that's what i was gonna say is i think it's the festivals that you guys have over there yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the 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 crazy festivals that are just electronic and the metal festivals those two yeah, genres yeah. are really big over there i mean ramstein yeah uh iron maiden you have a lot of the biggest bands came out of germany or sweden or you know like that real black metal shit they love that but shit yeah, over there yeah, you know yeah, and yeah. they have the crazy fe- they have whack in they have rock and ring i think is over there to download maybe yeah i've been to download yeah i went to i went to download um a, a few years ago like epic e- yeah, like that's a the, dope part yeah. about europe man you could just drive to other countries granted england's uh, you know yeah, yeah a little different but still mm-hmm. how was no, it man? um it's, it was amazing. It was um it was a uh, very expensive. First of all, that's the one thing. <laughs> right. Uh, very very expensive. It was also incredibly muddy. I think that was my, that was basically the first um camp camping festival that I've been to. You know, most mm-hmm. sometimes some festivals, especially you know, we're kind of um, spoiled in the UK. We have too many festivals, and you, and most of them you can travel to them and kind of get back home and shower. But it was the first one I kind of went to, just camped, and it was the only one that rained the worst, and it was full of mud and disgusting. Oh, but fuck. it was such a fun time. That's the thing. It was disgusting, right. and I didn't shower for three days or something along those kind of lines. <laughs> but hell. it was ep- easily one of the best festivals I've been to in terms of because it's such a niche genre, and and obviously the people that would commit to spending that amount of time basically sleeping in the mud are a certain type of people right right, right. and they're going to be about having a good time they're all about the music and you know you, i met so many different people i ended up hanging out with so many different people that ended up being friends of mine still online now to this day it was really really epic time that's fucking really dope yeah yeah, yeah 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 um i don't know if i could ever see myself camping out and and doing a festival like that but i'm going to uh uh three points festival which was it was supposed to be may of this year then they moved mm-hmm. it to october and then i'm like oh well definitely october is not gonna ha-. it was supposed to be this week this upcoming weekend actually Jesus. and then i saw they moved it to april next year so we'll see i'm supposed to be seeing the strokes and wu-tang clan those are two of the headliners Oof, brilliant that's yeah, a great, yeah. great lineup isn't it yeah the strokes is uh, honestly I, I would say they're tied for my favorite band because Avenged Sevenfold was my favorite band for the longest yeah. time growing up. Yeah. Uh, the the Rev, their drummer, inspired me to mm. to drum and want to drum, and then he died tragically and whatnot. So they they really been a big motivation. And then I discovered the Strokes later, like in high school. Um, yeah. But they've just I don't know, man. As I've gotten older, I've enjoyed more like chiller stuff. Like I really like mm. Mac DeMarco. I really yeah. love. Oh, Ty- he's brilliant. Yeah, he's I saw so him as sick. well. I saw him at Primavera Festival. Bro, I saw well, him in the Strokes. Very good performer. Uh, uh, in, in Brooklyn, it was mm. uh, the Mac DeMarco opened, and the Strokes uh, were the headliners. And fucking, he came out and did a duet with them, um, "Modern Girls" Sick. and "Old Fashioned Men." I love that song. Wow. And he came out and sang with them. That was a fucking experience, you know. And mm-hmm. do, it was on New Year's Eve, so celebrating yeah, New yeah. Year's confetti came down and shit. Wow, wow. And wow, that was wow. the last show I went to before you know the Corona. It was this past New Year's. Uh, that's a pretty I, good show to sign off with. Yeah, isn't it? it was that's pretty, a pretty fucking, good show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> man, the story that went into it was was nuts. I've told it on my show before, but I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, I had I was I went to Governor's Ball in New York City, right? Mm-hmm. I had tickets to go, and um, that was supposed to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday was my birthday, and the uh-huh. Strokes were the headliners, right? I have twelve fifty one tattoo on my arm, like 
super, oh, wow. super big Strokes <laughs> fan, right? Yeah, so yeah. they're supposed to be the headliners on my birthday. I'm like, dude, this is like fate meant to be. I buy VIP. Mm. I'm there, right? And Nas Sweet. is there the same day. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be sick, right? So mm. I, I I get there, and Thursday also, I got uh, I saw a show at Madison Square Garden. Then I it was uh, Earl Sweatshirt, Thundercat, and Anderson Pack headlining. So I'm like, fuck it, dude. I'll just go Thursday, and I'm gonna catch that show. So yeah, the yeah. plan was land at, at, in New York City at uh, at six o'clock. Mm. Uh, get to my cousin's apartment and get to Madison Square Garden by like seven thirty. Show show doors open at seven, so it'll be a little late. Mm. And uh, my flight gets delayed four hours, so oh. I missed the show. Oh. I totally miss it. Can't get my money back. Nothing. So that night, I, I'm like, you know, sad as fuck, dude. Like, Earl Sweatshirt's my favorite rapper. I seen him before once in high school, but wow. I'd never seen Anderson Pack and I'd never seen Thundercat. Yeah. So I'm devastated, you know what I mean? Like, mm. on top of that, I bought my cousin a ticket, too, so he could slide with me, and obviously yeah. all of it went to waste. There, there, I see an after party uh, on his Instagram story, so I pull up. Anderson Pack mm. and Thundercat are actually there. I got pictures with him. I met him. They did oh, like awesome. a little wow, set wow, there wow, at the wow, club. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Ended up being the, like one of the dopest nights of my life, right? Yeah, Two yeah, days yeah. or three days later, Sunday comes around for Governor's Ball. It's my birthday. Fucking, it looks like it's going to get rained out. They cancel, and they they take like half the lineup off, and they say, Jeez. come at like 6 o'clock in the afternoon. So I pull up, yeah. whatever. Mm. I get there. Nas does his show, and then they have mm. an announcement. We got to go. The weather's gonna oh. be shit. Show the rest of the show's canceled. Get, get out. And then Jesus weather Christ. starts coming down. And this shit was on yeah, Randall's yeah. Island. So it's a little park that's an island off Manhattan. Mm. So I had mm. to walk across a footbridge back while it's pouring rain. I missed the strokes. Like it was Jesus the biggest Christ. bummer. And that's how I celebrated yeah. my birthday oh. last year. <laughs> and then the rain. <laughs> Bloody yeah. hell. I missed man. the Anderson Pack show and then I missed the strokes at Governor's Ball. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they they announced that New Year's show as like a makeup thing. So I was like, I have have to be there mac demarco's mm. there and the strokes again fate type thing and it ended up working out you know yeah yeah yeah. so that's, that's probably thing, my though, craziest I, story but but uh, i think th that's what you guys kind of have a bit of an advantage in terms of you know the access to all these amazing acts you get to just to see all the time like right but i think that's why basically in a weird way as great you know i'd love to kind of wax lyrical about our musical heritage in the uk but i think that's why we were so like enthusiastic because we don't see these people all the time we get to see and it's a pack and you know let, let alone elsewhere sure and it's a pack is probably a, a little bit more of a well-known person but you know you get to see elsewhere maybe once a year if right. that right when he, so when he does come we're gonna show out do you know what i mean we're gonna go all the way out but you guys you get you know he's traveling the entire you know across coast to coast in the u.s you're gonna even if you did miss him again you know things change obviously with covid but you can still pick him up some other time and get to see him in some other place do you know what i mean it's just the access is just something i always can it always boggles me whenever i see the lineup of coachella i'm like jesus these guys are spoiled yeah these yeah days, I hear like, you. just stacked and of, of course you know coachella isn't you know that's not accessible to a lot of people you know that's yeah. kind of like the so, rich yeah. person's festival at the moment yeah, yeah, of course. But just the lineup itself, just the names that are on there, you're like, bloody hell, that's insane. It's oh. intense how many people you get there. It's just really, really cool. I feel you. And I mean, the crowd of people, man. I met these girls when I was in line at Governor's Ball. They were like 18 or 19. They were twins, mm. blonde, and just struck up a conversation in line, whatever. Yeah. And they both had on like $20,000 Rolexes, like matching Rolexes. And I was like, what, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, oh, you know, our parents, such and such. Uh, I just, I saw the lineup. I felt like I wanted to come. I'm from Colorado. I go to college over there. So I was like, you just, you just like got here like today? She's like, yeah, I just wanted to come. I was like, 
when did you buy tickets? She's like, oh, like yesterday or something. I just told my dad to get it. I was like, who is your dad? I I, I, I I envy that life, man. I envy that life. I, to I, be that, to Jesus Christos. Hey, yeah, that's amazing. I, it really, it, my friend was like, I told my friend that story. I was like, nah, man. I just, I was like, I, I, I was honest. I was like, yeah, no, nah, I really wanted to come. You know, I came from yeah. Miami to see it, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I was like tripping. I was like, yo, you know what I was thinking, man? Because after they canceled the show, it was pretty much a riot. Mm-hmm. And we were, they had like premium VIP where they could like get on the stage and shit. So, but after a part of me was like, where are they? <laughs> like in the riot? Like, let me see if I can get a watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because come on, dude. They've got them another one. They'll buy them another one. Exactly. You know what I mean? Hold come them. on, dude. Was that, that the governor's, was that the governor's bull where everyone started like stamping through the screen? Yeah. And yeah. Oh, that, I remember. Yeah. I, I remember. You there. see that clip? Yeah, I, everyone just running. <laughs> it was, it was, it, dude. I'm telling you, it was chaos, dude. Like, it, it was, and it was raining and, and thundering yeah, and shit. I remember seeing that clip. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Clip. Yo, people were freaking the fuck out. So a, a little demon part in my head was like, "Fuck yeah!" Them. I was like, "Take their watches." Where are these kids? It happens. Yeah. When, there is a thing with you guys when, when, whenever festivals get canceled. I remember what's for yeah. one. That got cancelled with weather as well, and people started freaking out. Why is the natural reaction just to kind of riot? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I don't know. My my reaction was to call my cousin all bummed out and be like, "Hey man, um, I'm not gonna see the strokes. I gotta figure out how to get home." Because yeah. um, I was I went by myself, man. Like uh, I was born in New York, and I, I've been going pretty much. It's the last two years I've watched the Champions League final in 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 uh, in New York. It's okay, it's okay. such a funny coincidence. I saw Liverpool lose to Madrid. With mm. what it was like, me and like three other, three or four other people in the basement of Creek in the Cave, where Legion of Skanks used to do their show. Mm-hmm. They were doing a showing of the Champions League final. I guess they wanted to bring some people out. It was literally me and like four other people. One dude wow. was liver pulled out, dude, like yeah, with yeah. the scarf and the hat, <laughs> and fucking Bale scored that crazy fucking Chilena goal to make it like three yeah. one. And that kid was just in the back, stunned, yeah, bro. Just- I was like. Ah! I've never seen some shit like, and everyone was talking mad shit about Bale. Like, oh, he's on the bench. He's on the bench, and he and, and you know Salah like they he broke his elbow or some shit. Ramos yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh dude, he was so hot. And uh, then I watched uh, Liverpool beat Tottenham the next year, and in oh, a awesome, crowd, awesome. I'd never seen so many British people in one spot, dude. And here in wow. America, dude, it was yeah, like I can imagine. Imagine. like i was shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of brits and one dude it was so funny man I felt so bad for him he was trying so hard to get the bartender's attention man i could tell he hadn't been in new york city before he was like he wouldn't raise his hand he was like hey mate and then i was like bro listen no you gotta yo get this man a beer like and the guy was like oh i got you i got you and he's like oh i don't know you could yell at him i was like yeah dude, yeah, sometimes well, you yeah just gotta the, yell at him the, 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 that's one thing i kind of i discovered um when i first went to new york i think it was might have been oh, 2011 or something mm-hmm. you know, like on a boys trip first one yeah number one I, I discovered what tipping was and not tipping <laughs> and obviously it's a big sin in the bar number one oh, especially yeah. imagine a big group of like in- british guys laughing joking shouting you know, giving the bartenders a hard time and then you're not tipping them. They, they oh, were not God. happy. Right. And then number two, also, you, you know, in, in England, when you go to a bar and stuff, you just wait, you know, you just wait at the bar and then someone always comes and kind of asks you what you want to drink. You don't ever, you know, shout or get someone's attention, make an, you don't do anything. You just kind of wait for your turn. Right. So to kind of go there and be waiting at the bar and you're there and then someone else gets a drink before you, then another person, then someone else, you're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of meekly trying to get the, Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, madam, madam. Oh, and then he's just like, yeah, yeah. You're just yeah, dude, I had to teach him, man. Yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to, you know. It's a cultural shock. I hear you, man. Um, but it was fun, man. That like the chants and stuff. People were doing the songs. Like I, I've always wanted to go to a soccer game. Like mm. 
over here MLS no one gives a fuck dude like you know maybe yeah, the yeah, Seattle yeah, Sounders yeah. but Seattle all the way over the fuck over there mm-hmm. so um you know we just got a team we just got Inter Miami you know so yeah, that, yeah. that might be fun you know we just got uh, Iguain Mm-hmm. Um, but still, man, it's it's the retirement league. You know what yeah, I mean? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it's, it's such a bummer, yeah. man. My favorite team is Bayern. So, mm. and I, I've been Bayern fan since since fourteen. Not mm. not just because they won the treble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to establish <laughs> yeah, that. Nice. You know, yeah, 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 I actually yeah. I started watching because of um, Germany winning in fourteen. Okay. I, I saw Neuer punch the ball. I didn't know you could yeah. do that. It was the coolest thing in the world to me. Like immediately yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, Oh, I want to be a goalkeeper now. You know, I was nineteen. I was way past mm. like there was no yeah. way. <laughs> you know, this is <laughs> just to play pickup, you know, down at the park <laughs> with all the Colombians yeah, 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 yeah. and shit. Yeah. But um so I, I just thought that was cool. And then he like fucking flying need Iguain and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it was legal. I was like, yeah. that's the most badass legal play I've ever seen, dude. You can't. He was a beast back then, man. He's still a beast now. He but still that was, is. Yeah, I, I remember that, that punch was his prime. with that ball. That, that went that went very far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a very yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they were both coming in full speed. But that that game mm. made me a, a pretty big fan of. So and then you know the seven one. That's just I guess Brazil. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, that was epic. I People think that was crying. Still, that was the same tournament that basically introduced us to Ozil, and that's kind of yeah. that was a very um, somber World Cup because I remember watching Germany dismantle England, and then in a uh, so we we obviously you know everywhere was showing this match, but everywhere mm-hmm. was full. So we ended up me and my friends ended up going to some really dingy. It was it's basically a nightclub. There's a night like a a nightclub that was maybe a former stripper joint, so it doesn't have any windows. It's completely dark, so it's not really made up for watching sports. Right, right. So they just had the screens with the only lights that were basically illuminating. <laughs> so I remember just watching it and just, I think I'm gonna say it just it was like three nil really quickly. They scored like three goals, no answer, Oof. and then it was just me and my friends holding our warm beers, just staring at the stream, <laughs> just watching Germany and just tear us apart. And then just being like, what's going on? Like, what oh, is man. going on? It was just because I remember that, that was the time. I don't think everyone knew about the talent coming out of Germany at that time, that right. class of Ozil and stuff. It was yeah. a bit of a shock to everybody to see Germany play this amazing football, um, you know, passing football, really attacking, strong, athletic, blah, blah, blah. And I just remember us just leaving that pub after we lost. I think, I think it might have been 4 1, just in silence. That no one said a word to each other for a good ten minutes after walking back. Just going like, Yo, you I think they're gonna win. So I think serious. they're gonna win this cup. Yeah. Just, oh yeah. my god. That's a living memory I have in my head of just like watching a football match in a in a in a, in a strip joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have the luxury of just as an American just picking whatever country I like because I know mm. the U.S. isn't gonna do shit. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, oh, who looks good this year? Oh, I'm a Germany fan this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't you know, and then they fucking ruined my whole day. When they, I mean, they lost to Japan. They lost to South mm. Korea. Like mm. their last World Cup showing was was garbage. But what bothered me about that class that you mentioned, uh, uh, Ozil, Gotze, I don't mm. feel like they really uh, Reus too. I don't feel like they really lived up to their expectations. Like Ozil didn't ever do much at at Arsenal. Yeah. Forgive yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a sad way how it's ended. I think Gotze. And Gotze, Gotze went back to Dortmund, bro. We bought yeah, him. No, we no, tried him out. Gone, and he went back. He's gone to somewhere else now. He's gone somewhere else. Um, I forgot where he went. But yeah, it was. Oh, a very, I didn't know he left. I, I'm not too sure. Yeah, he, he had a second stint that didn't really go too well. He didn't get played too much. Um, and Dortmund still. Yeah, yeah, he went oh, back wow. again. Didn't get Wait, I don't yeah. pay attention to the rivals until we play. You feel me? But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, a yeah, <laughs> there's a little bar out here that uh, I have one Dortmund friend. That's like my one soccer mm. friend that watches Bundesliga. Mm. And uh, every time there's a Der Klassiker, we we mm. go over to this German bar like 40 minutes away. 
And uh, it's like the Byron fan club. They have like an autographed Schweinsteiger jersey up and wow. shit. Like, you know, sick, it's really sick, dope. Sick. Like for, yeah, for yeah. out here, it's like really yeah, yeah. like, whoa. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can get some great beer. Um, mm. And they do every time a Byron uh, game goes, every, every Byron goal is a free shot for everyone in the bar. Oh, wow. So, dude, the <laughs> last amazing. two times we went, it was five zero and four zero. <laughs> Yo, so we epic, I, epic, I smoked epic. a joint outside, and then we're five shots of Jaeger in and four shots yeah. of Jaeger in. Like Jesus, we were Christ. fucked. Just <laughs> spinning, yeah, it's like yeah, spinning. Yeah, yeah, and on top of the beer and shit that we just drank because we ordered. Of course, it, of course, you know of course, I mean? of course, of course. So it was, it was. I mean, I felt bad because it wasn't competitive at all. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure the free shots helped him live down that that L. Yeah, of course, that he yeah, t- yeah, those yeah, yeah. L's. It was multiple times. They're playing again November 7th. We're already planning on going out there. Oh, and my I, God. I mean, with the team we have now, I think it's going to be tough to beat, man. Who's your team? I don't know who you follow. I see, Man, you? Man, United. Man, you? Man, United. Man, I'm, yeah. I, I really liked the potential when they had Zlatan. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. hell happened, man? Was it Mourinho? I mean, it's, is it ever since your coach left, man? Sir Alexander, was that him? Yeah, yeah. Sykes Ferguson. Ferguson, yeah. I mean, as yeah, soon yeah. as he left, I mean, uh, y'all haven't been able to fill that slot with like someone that fits. It seems. It it, it, it reminds me a lot of um. You watched um. You watched uh. Was it the Last Stand? Is it the Michael Jordan documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last Dance. Um, yeah, where they basically were speaking about that. Um, who's a short fat dude that was trying to get um Jordan to basically telling him to you know s- step aside so he could get new players in? Who's a dude that was? In oh, the the, the short fat dude, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Kraus, Kraus. Yeah, Kraus. So that reminded me a lot of what's happening of, of United. Like, I, I don't really pay much attention to US sports, but I do. I do kind of appreciate this idea of treating, um. Of kind of of kind of treating the entire corporation from the head to, to, bottom, to the top to the bottom as one thing, and basically the decisions that you make in a boardroom are going to inevitably impact the success or the you know the lack of success on the team on the field. And some of the better clubs, especially a club like Liverpool, a club like Bayern Munich, they basically there's no coincidence that they're so good because they have the right people up at top, right? That are in that are kind of pushing the club for greatness on the field. Right. Whereas in in Manchester United, we're mostly concerned with the commercial aspect of it, our brand name. We have, you know, we're probably one of the most followed clubs in the world, I'd imagine, even a, apart from us not winning anything in the last few years, especially if anything right. of note. Um, we generate a lot of income, we generate a lot of uh, media attention, a lot of social media engagement, bloody blah, blah, blah. And of course, for the best part of 20 plus years, we had a manager who was able to, you know, turn essentially, you know, piles of shit into diamonds, right? He was able to get the most out of really average players and get us to win championships, which is really rare. Most, I mean, you guys most, have Ronaldo. Yeah, well, we did have Ronaldo, but in most cases, we, we didn't have a team that was full of Galacticos. We had a right, team right, that right. was kind of um, made up of like some good players, but mostly players that would were basically okay, but he was able to kind of lift up to another level. Once that guy steps aside and you don't have a continuation plan and then the business people get involved and they take over the sport, now we essentially turn into a club that is essentially just, you know, trying to turn a profit right. and just trying to stay somewhat relevant it's, as opposed to let's try and be successful on the field so that we can boost our profile sort of thing. He's not really doing it that way. So it's quite sad to see where we've kind of ended up. And unfortunately, we're in a position now where most United fans are just arguing over who we sign when it doesn't really matter. We could sign Messi tomorrow. It's not going to change anything. We need to change the people at the boardroom who are making decisions. But unfortunately, we have a boardroom full of Krauses and no, you know, we don't have a boardroom full of people that actually want to make us a good team again. They're just, they're just happy having the badge, having a few marquee signings here and there, keeping that moving. So it's going to be a long, it's going to be a, um, a very painful journey. 
How do you follow a team? Them. How do you follow a team like that as a fan when you know that they're not their their objective every year is to hit a number and not to win? It's um, yeah, I think it's <clears> easy <throat> to swallow for me because obviously I've seen I, I've watched us during the good times, so I'm I'm okay and I'm obviously accepting of like everything's a cycle. You know, n- nothing in life is constant. Nothing in life is guaranteed by death itself. Nothing. So I'm right. okay with that. I kind of accept it, and I, I know we'll have our time in the sun again, so I can kind of be detached from it. But it does hurt to see. Just to kind of like, you know, we lost 6 1 to Tottenham the other week. And I still haven't got it out of my mind. I mm. wake up some days and I'm just like, I can't <laughs> believe we lost 6 1. Like, it's just, it, and, and, then, and then you think to yourself, like, and then you and then you get to a point, especially when you get older. I think when I was younger, I used to be the type that would just throw stuff and, you know, smash, you know, just be stupid, throw TVs and I'll be angry. We'll Damn, you've thrown a TV? Whatever, you know, just that's crazy. Being a fan. Right, right, right. Fan. The older you get, that's what y'all are, hooligans. It's like there we go. We're, we're hooligans. Yeah. I have like uh, we take our tops off and. You know. <laughs> but then the older you get, the more you realize that that most things are outside of your control. You right. know, most especially when you start getting into politics and stuff, you start realizing that wow, man, a lot of this stuff. Like no matter how much I rant, no matter how much I, you know, st- rant on social media, have a stream of consciousness. No one's fucking listening to me. Who gives a shit what I think? I'm just there watching the show like everybody else. So you d- you build up a bit of a detachment. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to observe the freak show and I'm going to hope things get better. But what can I do? I'm nobody. Right. And then we have fans at the moment that are just trying to, what, 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 there's, there's a movement of fans who are basically saying, don't buy any merchandise. Don't buy anything from the club. Don't follow them on social media. And it's like, as if as if that's going to make any difference like there's tons of fans in india who are just going to gladly take our position and you know leave heart emojis underneath the comments of our (laughs) posts on the club buy bloody mugs and woolly hats and shit (laughs) they don't care about me right right so uh, just real quick before we move off the soccer because i know my fans are are like Mm. huh you know yeah yeah, 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 yeah. but um uh, I, I i love soccer man so i just gotta get it out you know yeah, no worries, but no worries. Uh, um so i think that's why that's my dog i think that's why psg can't get over the hump is because they're just a bought team the people up there is just is money it's not real mm-hmm. you know people that have played for psg and won with psg like you have with Bayern, all the board members are old players and probably the same thing with liverpool like you said you have uh i mean even chelsea does they got lampard coaching right you know so people that have been with the club you know even though chelsea's kind of the same they you know they just got bought and were good one day yeah, yeah. Uh, back in like 05 I think it was mm. but um, you know they, they even though they've lost their marquee players like Drogba and stuff like that they've still mm. kind of maintained relevancy they won in 2016 or 17 something like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then you know you have your once in a lifetime like won't capture it again maybe uh, Leicester City which surprised me when they got rid of Ranieri the year after because they weren't yeah, having yeah, the best yeah. start he had the most crazy fucking season and you sacked the dude because he started off bad the next year like yeah, he yeah. he made magic bro he gave you all your yeah. first title I think ever if not in yeah. like over 100 years or some crazy shit yeah. like that and they just sacked him real quick I, I, I was sad man I really like that team I like Conte I like Vardy I have mm. a Leicester City jersey just cause of Vardy oh wow like, awesome Vardy, wow oh, yeah, yeah, Vardy yeah. is he's is excellent sick, I like him man. Like, such a throwback yeah. a diamond in the rough dude for, mm. cause he, he ended up getting his national team slot and I don't think he gets that if Leicester doesn't play the way they did that season and yeah, he's yeah. continued his role of really nasty goals he scored one from like half half field against Liverpool that year 
Oh no, he's uh, a beast. He's, he's a beast. nasty, he's a beast. man. He's, he's nasty, a beast. He's a beast. and he yeah. and he has he's a late bloomer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Worked mm-hmm. his way up, twelfth division, eleventh division, yeah, yeah. Tenth he's a, division. Yeah, he's got one of the best rags riches story ever. He's Jeremy. a beast, man. I love it. That that's yeah. that's really what drew me to that team. But um, mm-hmm. off the soccer topic, mm-hmm. let's get on to this comedian shit and the and the podcasting because it's really affecting the podcast kind of spot as a whole because you know that whole death squad scene and Joe Rogan and and fighter and the kid mm. is kind of um like a big deal over there in LA you know you do a guest on that show you get a decent following out of it you get some good course, viewership out of it of course and now it kind of seems like it's all falling apart dude yeah, yeah um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Now, with the Crystalia stuff i mean it it kind of is what it is i don't i don't know if he's ever going to come back but is it kind of weird like that his podcast is just floating there like he's not addressed it he's not i mean they had merch <laughs> yeah, up like, and shit they had the calendalia 2020 shirts which aged mate. so horrible like yeah. <laughs> aged really bad i i think a lot of this stuff because i i was i've kind of tried to always sort of like look at this view these kind of things not try and insert myself as much as I can in it and, and, and kind of think how I would respond to it or kind of think for it with the prism of a crisis manager. Like if right. I was hired by people, like how would I deal with it? And I think a lot of the issue with cancellations in public has to do with, mostly has to do with yourself. It's not necessarily to do the accusation. You have to first kind of forgive yourself and accept the reality of your situation as opposed to like w- what happens outside. You can't affect that. I think once kind of the first story comes out, allegations come out, you get kind of torn down to peace. Even if it's not, even if it's, even if the, you, they're based accusations, the moment you kind of get written off in public, it, it then kind of turns into a spiral of, of, of you actually sort of like um, uh, devaluing yourself in some regard. And I think with the Chris Alea side of things, I think he could easily come back, but he's mostly kind of embarrassed about what's basically going on, how he's kind of been exposed. Cause you know, they're, they're quite, you know, whatever you think of what happened, there are quite personal kind of interactions happening with females. They don't necessarily want people right. to know about. Definitely. They kind of paint you out to be, and, and of course he's, he's somebody that has, that doesn't have a vice. He's sober. So then right. to see this sort of like quote unquote dark side of him that he does, you know, behind closed doors, it kind of leaves him a bit naked. You feel a bit exposed. Um, so you kind of, I get the feeling he's more embarrassed of himself in public to be around his peers again, having to go through that. Number right. one, as opposed to people get annoyed by it. And, if anything as well, it kind of, it's definitely, I think, been a wake-up call for a lot of those guys because, you know, especially Joe, he's, or most of those kind of people are like always waxing lyrical about how uh, um, free it is to be a comedian, to say what you want and sort of like, you know, to be the kind of master of your own destiny and kind of say F you to Hollywood. But essentially, for most of these people, especially when they get cancelled social, they're more worried about what the industry thinks about them than they actually let on. Because if they weren't, they just get back on a podcast and say, hey, I made a mistake. I fucked up. I said sorry to the people that matter in my life. And I hope I can move on and progress. Because as long as you've got a podcast following and you're pretty popular and you've got, you know, you can maintain a career. Don't get me wrong. You're not going to be on, you know, an NBC show anytime soon. But you can maintain your career and tour and do your thing. But because they're more worried about the Hollywood side of things, it gets very difficult to stand back in front of the camera because, you know, you're essentially going to have to answer to all those people. So that's basically what it's exposed. It's exposed that, number one, these people care a lot more about what people think about them. And they're also very um, beholden to what the Hollywood industry thinks of them. Well, I definitely agree with that. I mean, you can definitely get blackballed, blacklisted. You know what I mean? Like, um, once something like that gets out people are like eh, you know we're not really gonna work with this dude you know what i mean like that word kind of gets around kind of quick like how mm. he gets dropped by his 
you know, his agent or whatever it yeah, was, and rough, same thing with Cal and yeah. But <clears throat> um, the thing is that like uh, with with someone like like uh, like Chris, his whole kind of thing was that he was like this braggadocious kind of dude, kind of had swag, you know what I mean? Like mm. wearing his Yeezys and this and that, and then. Um, when you carry yourself that way after something like this kind of happens like you said it's really embarrassing i don't mm-hmm. like how do you i don't know if he could pull off that same persona that he was pulling off before kind of you know what i mean because he had some videos that like i aged really bad like the whole uh, <laughs> uh um oh really dude <laughs> like yo you look at it now like oh really we just all yeah. pedophiles really and then yeah, yeah. you know come on dude you can't be such a dick that about video something is like epic, that man. that age is so bad <laughs> <laughs> he was really defending he's like no, they're pedophiles. they don't exist it's not a thing you're, you're, you're yo. it's like what it's not a thing oh my god i love saying that to people and they they yeah. never have any idea what i'm referencing it's just so funny to me like when someone says something that i know is bullshit i was like Oh really, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. It's it, he was such a dick. Like he and he was. Ta- yeah. Who are you talking to? You're talking to your fans. So uh, you're talking down to your fans like they're idiots. You know what I mean? And then you come out and you kind of look like an idiot. You know what I mean? Any guy that's in that age range really shouldn't be exchanging DMs with like chicks. I mean, they can lie about their age. I mean, that's a realistic thing that happens. Chicks lie about their age all the time. You know what I mean? So why even risk it? You know what I mean? But, but but that's the, that's the, 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 so the, it's twofold. So the the embarrassing thing is the number one. Again, he's embarrassed because imagine the stick that Louis C.K. got for the thing that he did, right? Mm. And we know Louis C.K. is a deviant. He's told us on his stand right, right? He's right. a dark dude. So when we heard the Louis C.K. story, it shouldn't be that much of a surprise if you're a fan of his comedy because he's been very consistent about what he is. Very, very consistent. And people love him for that, right? I, I, re- I re-recently watched his SNL um, monologue, obviously off the back of what Bill Burr did. Excellent, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, I, I forgot how dark that monologue was for SNL, right? Him talking about, about him being, being a, was it, a casual racist, talking about how... I haven't how, seen uh, it in a while. Yeah, it's a really dark one. Talking about how um, he kind of under he kind of um, doesn't understand how why pedos exist, and you know, obviously, being with a child must be super appealing, must be such a good thing. It's got it goes. It, to, to be honest, it's it's a, it's a set that you'd expect to hear in a club, not it's on SNL. Dark, but he dark. went there, right? right? So when you hear about that story about him, you know, essentially, you know, asking two female comedians if he can pleasure themselves in front of them, then you, it kind of right. makes sense. But when you're Crystal Lee and you have this, like you said, cookie cutter image, it's very difficult to step back in front of the camera. And then, like, what? What are you gonna do? How are you gonna explain that? Um, how are you gonna explain those um, that kind of those actions that you did? How are you going to make it make sense? Because essentially, you presented a different face, and it goes back to the. I remember watching. I don't know what clip it was of some former NFL Hall of Famers talking, you know, on the show, and they were basically saying that you should never trust a man that hasn't got a vice. That's basically the, the, they're basically saying, and I was because like, they're hiding something, true. right? It's true, of course. It, it does, especially, you know, you see all the time. I've got, um, especially when you follow, I've got a couple of friends who are kind of sober at the moment, but especially in the, in the you know, entertainment industry, anyone that's gotten sober, they always kind of deviate into other things that they kind of get right. addicted about, whether it's running jujitsu or something, they just go the other way. There's always something else that kind of has to uh, balance it out or, you know. So I can definitely, I can definitely see for him, this is definitely like a, this is a bit too much. This is a bit too revealing. This is a part of his. He didn't ever want to present or show. Right. And it definitely does show that he has some, you know, questionable things that he does <laughs> behind closed doors. If he thinks it's a good idea to 
No, and Oof. you know what makes it really bad too, right? It's what? the consistency of the right. ages. Yeah, that's the it. That's the look. If he's going out and you know, essentially, you know, um, going out and trying to smash whatever moves when he's on tour, that's his business between him and his wife. Whatever, right. we don't give a shit. But it's the consistency of whenever. Whenever, like, I think one girl even mentioned, like, she liked the picture and, like, two seconds later, he's in the DMs, right? Just straight, like, he's, like, on there waiting to see, you know, obviously clicking the profiles of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's trying and to spot And they're all them. a consistent age. They're all the same age, same sort of look. He has a type. Same sort of profile. And it's just like, God, this makes you look really, really bad, dude. Right. Really, really bad. Right. Like, it's just... No, I really, I really don't know how you come back. And then you, you said about how he would maybe be embarrassed about, you know, coming back around his peers and having to deal mm. with that. How do you come around some people that already like completely disowned you? Like Whitney Cummings was a big friend of was, his and this and that. And then just fuck him. Just straight up. Fuck him. Basically. You know what I mean? Like uh, you ever did you ever watch Boondocks? Yeah, no, 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 no. There was, there was. I know what it is though. There there was a scene where uh, apparently Barack Obama had Huey on uh, on MySpace, like as a friend, and in the Mm. show they they the U.S. thinks Huey is a domestic terrorist, right? Because he has like these radical views. Mm. So they're like, "Uh, President, you're friends with the domestic terrorists on MySpace. I mean, what do you have to say? He's like, "Uh, uh, I pretty much just accept anyone. Uh, pretty much, uh, fuck him. <laughs> like he didn't like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's pretty much what Whitney said. It's like, well, you know, I didn't really know he was a kitty fucker, so you know what I'm saying. Eh, that's kind of weird. I can't deal with yeah. that. You know, we gotta respect all women, such and such. And and then you have Bobby Lee, who was like Chris, who you know, or whatever it was that he did, you know. Oh, and, yeah, and, and just... Rogan not mentioning him at all. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, the yeah, yeah. weirdest fucking thing. And I've I've looked everywhere. I've looked on all the Reddits, all the Fighter and the Kid Reddits. I could have yeah. gone through. I looked through them, and no one has a solid answer for wh- how or why Rogan has gotten away with not addressing Callan or Dalia at all. I guess to be. T- to be fair to Rogan, he's quite consistent when it's things to do with his friends. And I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm of the same ilk. I would say if I was in his position, if it's, if it's my friend, my actual friend, I'm not speaking about it in public. I don't need to add any more fuel to the fire of it. Okay. I don't owe anybody explanation because that's my friend. Now, if you're industry friends, that's when the whole Brian Cannon and Brendan thing comes on where you start crying. I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, bullshit, I was going right? to say that's that because they, they say that they're well, did they say that they were friends? Because it felt like there they were trying to say, oh, no, I never toured with them. Exactly. I never really. So they what were... I'm saying, I think it's actually more illustrative of the relationship Joe Rogan has with those two people. They hasn't said nothing in public about it, as opposed to what people do say in public. Because if anything, the public thing, especially, it's weird. I think Hollywood works in a. It's a different. I think everywhere, every place has it. Every little niche, every little entertainment industry thing, especially if you're at the top, has its own little weird um, things that people do. And I think there is a case of like self-preservation that's paramount, which makes sense because it's so difficult. Even in whatever, whatever field of arts that you, you work in, it's hard to be a, a working professional comic, a working professional uh, musician. It's difficult. It's not a one clear path. So I can understand once you do get there, you want to do everything in your power to not lose it. So if that means throwing your friend under the bus, you're going to do it. It is what it is, isn't it? That's, that's the game. But I think, unfortunately... Um, for Chris, those people would also kind of um, their support would also help him in the long run. That would be really beneficial. Right. But 
but I think the unwritten rule, which kind of most people should abide by, and I remember saying uh, this rapper called Casanova, who I think you might be familiar with in the US, mm-hmm. he mentioned recently, or one time he mentioned when he kind of signed a deal with Rock Nation, and he kind of you know, is well known for having, you know, for being a gangster rapper and getting into a bit of trouble. Right. And when he signed his deal with Rock Nation, one of the people up there, I think a, a real big executive said to him, hey, you know, this is your last chance, right? You know, if you fuck up this chance, it's over. Like with everything you've done in your past, I'm just letting you know clearly. And he said, it took him back a bit. He kind of got a bit offended when he went home. It was kind of, he was happy that he was honest with him and said, look, this is Hollywood now. You've entered, you've entered the kind of, you know, commercial uh, rap scene. Now you're, you're, a, you're like a pop star in that respect, right? You're no longer a street goon. I don't want to have all that nonsense here. You have to leave that stuff to the side if you want to become a, a success here. And if you get in any kind of trouble, we're going to, you're done. You're done in this town. And I think that's probably the benefit to come out of this in terms of Chris, Chris D'Elia's profile, he's not, for lack of a better example, he's not like Luis J. Gomez, do you know what I mean? He's not like a dirtbag comic who doesn't really give a shit, right? This right. is a guy that was actually actively trying to become a Hollywood star. Yeah. And everyone ditched him. This should be an example to everybody to know that, hey, these aren't your friends. If they can ditch Chris D'Elia, they can ditch you, do you know what I mean? Right. So just be aware of, of the fact. But for himself, I... I if he if he had a bit more about him, he could easily. I think he could easily come back. But I but knowing, but from knowing what I know of him through the podcast and how he goes on, having everybody know your darkest secret that you try to keep from everybody, he's got too, too big much. of an ego, right? Yeah, it's just too much. It, 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 it's like everyone discovering that he really drinks in secret. Imagine right, right, everyone right, discovering right. he drinks and he does drugs. Right. That would be too much to come back from. So it's effectively over for him in that regard, which is unfortunate. But, you but know, look what at can you do? look at Chris Renazizi. He lied about being in the tower of nine eleven. Man, that is wild. Yeah, man. I don't know look, how people are just like. I love how Red Bar brings it back every year. Every year, we're going to look at what he did. <laughs> Yo, he goes so overboard with it. I love it. But it's true. He does some fucked up shit. How do you lie about that? You know? Which is why, um, which is why, the, which is why it's unfortunate. I think it's all about timing. For instance, um, uh, you look at somebody like a... Um, what's that Asian dude that, got, that was kind of the first one to get Me too um, essentially, out of the comedy world? Um, it wasn't Bobby uh, Lee. Indian dude. What's his oh, name? Oh, Aziz. Aziz Ansari, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he and he got he got that like, was a weird me too though. She like went to his house or his hotel at go. like three there in the we morning. Go. So, I'm so everyone was like, What's your, "What are you expecting?" You know bad, what I mean? Bad timing for him. He got the he got me too when it was just at the peak of me too. That's good. And it was a very him, innocuous incident. You know, <laughs> you know, unfortunate. It was it was a really bad experience in terms of you know a dating experience, but it wasn't a right. uh, me too at all in its right. conventional sense. Right. But he got ruined. Right. Got ruined. Destroyed. Da, 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 da. I never but, really liked him, so I don't know how much his career has tanked since then. But yeah, it was you know, pretty bad for his image. He did a stand thing, going to hiding, making an apology, blah blah. Shows gotcha. cancelled. Yeah, for, yeah, sure, da, for da, sure. But then he, he made a comeback eventually. Yeah. Uh, he had to be the sacrificial lamb for you know for everybody else to set forth. So I think Steve, that Chris Renazizi guy, whatever, was his name Steve Renazizi? Yeah, Steve. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, he's fortunate that it happened when it happened. If this would have been now, he would have been Dunzo. <laughs> like done, 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 really, really? And especially when he explains the story about how he ended <sighs> up lying about it as well. Yeah, it's it's so like um, it's actually worse that he didn't actually <laughs> want to lie and he just lied because it was just convenient. It was just like. <laughs> what? Yeah, and, and then and then he gets mad when people bring it up dude if you did something like that fucked up out that fucked up i don't care how many times you apologize or whatever like people are gonna keep bringing it up dude yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like but it's it gets, like ari uh, with the kobe thing like you just don't say i okay it's a joke but but yeah. yo 
it really wasn't just it wasn't the time for it. It wasn't the place for it. And it wasn't funny. Like if it was funny, it would be different. But it just it was him just saying fucked up shit into a camera. You know, you, you for know the what sake that of one? being I think, fucked um, up. There was a um, what show was it on? There was a show recently with Ari that he sat down with. I think Dave Ren Smith. Huh? Oh oh Sorry? oh! The three uh, the, the three of them sat down, right? Yeah, they did like a can- that who like they did like a how how to be uncancelled. I don't know that kind of cancel special show. Yeah, 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 and it was quite revealing because so you got Renzi's side of things, you got Ari's side of things, and essentially you got the uh, you got the impression from reading some listening to all their accounts about you know how they dealt with being cancelled. Most of their counseling situations, I might from what I kind of deem from it, it came from a need to be noticed from me personally. They want to be noticed. Obviously, Ari does it in his way, and he did it in his way. But it it, it fundamentally comes down to the point of like they're so desperate for attention and to get some sort of eyes on what they do to be able to become a success that they just do and say just about anything. And if you think about where they were in their careers and what they were doing, it kind of makes sense. But I think on the Ari side of things, I kind of oddly respect him in the in the, in, in that even though what he said was you know abhorrent of what he said about Kobe. But I do respect it because. He doesn't mind risking it all. Like he he's not even that's not something that he said when he is on, you know, an open mic or something trying to get some clicks. He said that now, like when he's pretty established and has a good good network of friends, and he was willing to throw his entire career out the window just to get a joke off, which is which is kind of oddly respectable, I think. I think it's more distasteful to see a resilient easy resort to lying about him being in the Twin Towers than it is about Ari trying to get some, you know, trying to especially, you know, troll people online. That's where I kind of get. And sometimes I look at people, I'm like, really? Like, if this is what you want to do to get attention? But with Ari, it's like, you have everything. Like, you know, you make a decent amount of patron, you tour everywhere, people love your comedy, you have a very niche audience that likes what you do, and he's willing to really, really go against the grain. He even said himself, and he's, you know, people are calling up his dad's place of whatever, what, what, um, calling up his dad's place of work or something, you know, he had to change his number. He's like, it's just, it's a, it's a, it I could never it? understand to get in that mindset, but I kind of respect it from afar because I could never do that. Yeah. I, I, but that's just not one of those. I think this is one of those things where uh, just not, not that it's anything negative or anything, but I think you and me just fundamentally disagree on. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not I, I, like I, I understand the point you're making where <laughs> it is, it is a crazy thing. You definitely need a pair, a big pair of balls on you to do what mm. you did. He was in the middle of tour. Like he was like, oh, I'm in Charlotte right now. Like he was in the middle of a tour. You know what I mean? Absolute psycho behavior. It's like throwing a grenade. Like, okay, cool, yeah. Let's boom. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so I understand that point that you made. Um, I just feel like, man, it's just so silly, dude, to make a dumb joke. If it, it, it like, it's one thing, like, like Louis C.K.'s joke. He's like, oh, I just finished uh, fucking a minor, and he's like, no, 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 a minor, like in a mine. Yeah, like, okay, you know, like it's fucking funny. You know, it's funny. It's a funny pun. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah, yeah. funny. It's a fucked up joke, but it's hilarious. Whereas Ari was just like, yeah, Kobe's a racist. Good thing he died. Bah. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah, it, it wasn't funny. Yeah, you know I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I didn't, of course. I, just, I don't know. Just it, it didn't sit right with me. And and hmm. um, yeah, if you wanted to risk it all for a dumb joke, hey, go go for it. You know, I'm not gonna be the one to tell you you're not allowed to say that. I just think it was fucking dumb. It's kind of like white people. You can say the n word, but you're gonna have to deal with the consequences of saying. You know what I mean? Like people are gonna come up and feel how they feel if if you say it around them. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, I have a funny feeling. Unfortunately, it's, it's it will catch up with him. It's one of those things. It's just that for, like that's one of those things my, you think like even, six, even nine, from my, like, even, 
someone's going to get them yeah, one day? Yeah, no, it's, it's obvious. It is what it is, isn't it? Like, it's not even me trying to be negative. It's just it's what it is. You can't put out that kind of energy against them because, again, I'm not a big basketball or American sports follower. But even I kind of underestimate the impact Kobe had when he passed, number one, with the outpouring of love. And number two, when when he said what he said and the people that would get, I was like, whoa, I didn't know Kobe meant that much to people, like legitimately meant that much to people. So for sure, if the... And there's one thing getting cancelled online for stuff you say, but it genuinely seemed like he really upset people. And it's definitely going to catch up with him. It is what it is. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that he didn't even wait till the the facts were out. Like, he made the joke, and then everyone's like, yeah, his daughter was on board. Pretty much an entire other family was on board. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and I think he said, oh, well, I didn't know that at the time. But still, motherfucker, wait. (laughs) You can't wait a day for your joke? You feel me? Like it's just it was just so uncalled for, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you know that's one thing. Uh, and another thing I wanted to touch on because I, I, you know, obviously you did a very long video on it, so I kind of know mm-hmm. your kind of point of view. But I, I kind of disagree with some things, and it's about this Netflix movie Cuties. Uh, I haven't. Oh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm gonna let, be one. Um, of, one second. Let me get my charger. Go ahead. Go do your thing. <laughs> little tuna, little tuna. I haven't watched this movie, but. I've seen enough to know that it's built. Shoe on head, I think is who I saw. Yes. I'm getting my facts yeah. straight. So it's about that. No, no, no. You're all good. You're all good. All good, man. So Okay. You, you were talking about minors. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now, okay. So I saw your video and you, you, you sat through the movie. I haven't yeah. watched it. I watched um, Shoe on Head's video on it and she showed mm-hmm. some clips with some big emojis blurring out minor parts and whatnot, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you were, you were kind of um, on the point of um, how it, it focused a lot on the story of an immigrant person, mm-hmm, you know, coming mm-hmm. to a new country, trying to fit in with their customs and their their culture and um, my mom is a direct immigrant my mom and dad are both dominican um they were both born and raised there i was born in new york city but i I lived in dr for a bit so i I know what it is to uh, i'm I'm first generation american you know my parents are direct immigrants Uh, i like i said uh, i kind of understand that struggle a bit you know not i I look white as fuck i know that but um you know I, i had to deal with my mom's culture you know uh, trying to assimilate to american culture like there was one time i told my mom like yo no i don't want to speak spanish i want to speak english and my mom was like bet and she shipped me to dr (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) so so and and, but i but at the time i was like fuck but uh, now in hindsight i love that i'm bilingual and i know both fluently it's helped me Mm. with jobs it's helped me Mm. make friends it's helped me with girls you know what i mean Mm. so Mm. very grateful for my mom to have instilled our culture in me even with me fighting you know what i mean and then it got to the point where i would come back from my vacations in dr i would spend the summers there and we i went to a blockbuster to try and get spider-man 2 the game and i asked the blockbuster lady in spanish my mom was like yo we're in america you gotta speak english again i was like oh shit yeah that's right (laughs) like i had totally you know i mean but it it just is what it is i I like it so i totally get that experience and i'm not totally ignorant to that even though um you know i didn't watch the movie i I can i can sympathize with that and wanting to tell that story Mm. Uh, my whole point and and my gripe with it um from what i've seen it's like you you can tell a story of of um girls dealing with the pressures of social media and and the culture of you know i'm saying like wop and you know i'm saying like that kind of stuff twerk Mm -hmm. culture and all that um 
without having girls twerking for money on camera. You know what I mean? Mm. Because it's like if you want to, you can make a movie. There's been millions of movies made about a, an addict struggle. They don't tell the addict to go and or, or the actor to take real morphine or real heroin or real coke on set to get into the character. It's all props. You know what I mean? So you can tell that story. And in my opinion, you could have casted girls that were 18 that looked young to fit your role instead of having actual 13 and 12, maybe 13, 14 year olds doing these moves on camera for profit of someone regardless whether it's a director or netflix it's you're you're making a movie about how girls are exploited on social media for clicks and exploit themselves for clicks and likes by exploiting these girls by having them do the moves on camera with whether their parents made them you know go to the auditions and it worked out or you have you know the the oscar moms you know what i'm saying who who are pushing their kids into acting and she, you don't know if if the kid wants to be there or not or if he's being pushed by his parents because they want the money and they're living vicariously through their kid that happens a lot you know so i just feel like they could have told that story without actually um hiring real little girls to do it you know you have you hear stories about the little girl who did the exorcist and how she ended up with some problems after doing that i mean they had her saying some vile stuff and the effects and so i kind of find it uh like it's a high probability that they're gonna come out of this experience of filming that i mean how many fucking takes did they do with a bunch of dudes on set not just this director you know they had to go in france to film it because here it counts as child pornography so i kind of disagreed with your take that the the story of it kind of justified those elements because i think we both agree that there was some um extraness when it came to the dancing scenes and how they stayed on certain body parts for a little too long from what i saw and the little bits that i saw and they were a bit excessive and i just think they weren't necessary um like i said like you have hannah montana dude a show where her brother was supposed to be a high school dude and the dude was 34 and his real age was 34 he's playing a high schooler so i'm 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 i find it hard to believe that they couldn't find legal consenting adults that could play these roles you know i kind of want to know what your stance on that is um again i i i understand i think i understand where you're coming from i totally get it but i do think i think both things can be true i think it can be abhorrent but I also can do think it, it's super necessary to tell the story in the way that it's done. Are there some things I think could have been changed to make it a little bit more palatable? Yes. But part of me also kind of wrangles with the idea of that it wouldn't be as impactful if they didn't necessarily keep those uncomfortable truths in the video. The issue with it, I think, um, overall, is that it's sort of like um, it's a diff it's a different um, it's just going to be interpreted differently based on where you're from. I think mostly in Europe, from my experience, again, in the UK, we had this show called Skins that was very popular that essentially yeah. told of, you know, essentially like a coming of age sort of story focusing on a group of kids in high school going through what kids in high school go through. And it kind of went through all the darkest, deepest, darkest things. Think of it like uh, our version of Utopia, is it, not Utopia, um, Euphoria right um that i used to watch in school and my parents didn't let me watch it because it was it wasn't necessarily you, obviously you knew the kids weren't taking real drugs but they obviously were simulating that they were getting high they were simulating sex they were simulating um dark moments they were simulating you know 
violence, whatever it may be. And my parents didn't let me watch it, but it was a very popular show, very seminal. A lot of the people in that show are still quite famous off of what they did there, and it kind of impacted people correctly. I even look at stuff like Teen Mum and its impact it's had in the parts of Europe and parts of the States too, kind of putting off kids from getting pregnant, you know, you, um, allowing them, to kind of reinforcing the idea of safe sex by seeing people their age struggling to bring up children. Sometimes I think representing those things in a harsh light as you can is the best thing. Um, of course, I think the issue again, you know, of the everything's in context. I think it's not lost on me that this kind of film probably had a lot more of a worse reaction, especially due to the stuff happening with Epstein, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And that conversation coming out, um, it kind of sit, it didn't sit right with people in that regard. And I think the idea of kind of putting adults and sort of presenting them as children would have definitely still been an issue. I don't think people would have accepted the movie, even if it was kind of people were of age, it still would have been weird. And, you know, much like, much like Lolita, when that came out, it was uncomfortable, but a necessary movie because these things do exist. There are kids out there who are copying their, you know, female heroines, their female idols, dance moves salaciously on TikTok. I've got TikTok at the moment. I don't even use it. The moment you open up the app and and they have, and I've worked in startups, I know how they do them with, with trending pages. You're like manually kind of selecting things that you want to get in the algorithm of people's feed. So they're purposely selecting these images. And when they open up a TikTok now, I'm pretty sure if I show you mine and I don't even engage in it. So there's no algorithm making based off of what I like. It's just full of teenagers with loose tops on no bras dancing to salacious songs sexually exploiting themselves in some way shape or form this is un- this is the unfortunate reality of it now in my opinion watching that t- that that film was uncomfortable throughout the entire thing they focus way too much on the body parts of these young girls but then once you kind of i felt like the first 20 minutes half an hour were hard to get through <clears throat> then once you kind of watched it you quickly realized these aren't women these are little girls your brain, if you're if you're a normal person, your brain automatically just switches and starts watching it like a normal movie. It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't kind of hold that sexual tension towards the end. But it's definitely uncomfortable to watch. Hundred percent, I agree with you. But I think, in general, much like you know, seeing those shows of pageant girls and kids and stuff, it's an unfortunate cold reality of what actually happens and what actual some teenage girls some young girls have to go through you know in their kind of maturity into into womanhood especially under the gaze of social media and stuff like i can't i can't imagine you being a cardi b and kind of complaining about bloody you know about this movie cuties based on the stuff that you do and how you talk about so openly so we're in an unfortunate we're in an unfortunate world where on one side again i'm no one to tell how women should go about things but on one side we've got people telling women to um, own their sexual agency and you know uh, putting yourself from places like OnlyFans isn't prostitution it's you embracing who you are then on the other side we've got them telling kids um, not to emulate what they're doing and that somehow cuties is wrong to watch even though they're all fully clothed nothing oddly sexually active comes they don't have any interaction with any boys in a sexual nature it's all just girls basically learning how to dance really salaciously can i can i interject because like i said i didn't watch the movie but i heard isn't there a scene where a little boy pulls down like a little girl's pants or something like that yeah but it's kind of done like you know in the, sh- it's not they, they it's show. not done in a it's not done in a um that's, it's not that's done a in a, i'm trying to hook up with you way. yeah of course dude it's all weird i'm not i'm not excusing <laughs> it at all it's all weird i'm just saying that i have a hard time i have a hard time with this stuff because i think artistically people uh, in my opinion, I think artistically you should be kind of allowed to do whatever you want within limits, but then it's up to the, but then you can't control people's reaction to it, right? That's my uh, agreeing. So people say, fuck you, that's gross, cool, but you should be allowed to do what you want to do in that regard because if not, we're then kind of, 
um, agreeing with this idea of kind of cancel culture that sort of exists now at the moment, at the moment where you kind of have to do things based on what people will accept you to do. That's not where great art comes from. Great art comes from people exploring where the limits are, pushing the boundaries and finding a safe space. Now, in my opinion, do I think that story needs to be to be told that way? No, I think they could have done this, the story in a much toned down way and still got the message across. Right. But I don't know if that's true. I'm just speaking about it from an armchair quarterback way. Right. All the attention they got from it was obviously, and again, um, most of most of the stick should go towards Netflix and not to the director because they knew what they were doing when they put that poster out. They saw they saw the template because if you would have put the poster out of the girls where they're sort of like um like kind of putting signs up to the camera, I've got there's one picture where they're sort of like in a line and they're kind of facing the camera. That 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 still tells a story. You could have had a picture of girls running through a field. I don't know whatever it may be, right. but they chose those images right. in order to garner a reaction, and that essentially put the film in a bad light. I still think people would have hated it anyway, but right. I think that first bit of marketing really set the precedent and once that it's like cats that movie cats the, the, the first reviews came in and that movie was a wrap no one was giving it any kind of chance right 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 yeah i mean i i definitely understand the points you're making now a little bit better uh it's definitely a where you're from thing as well that contributes yeah. to that the culture of of who you're asking is gonna you know delegate their their reaction a bit I do think people over here have a bit of a sensitivity towards that a little bit more than over there, maybe. Uh, why that is, I'm not sure. Um, but I don't know, man. Growing up, I always had this irrational fear of being kidnapped or being raped by an adult. Like, I don't know if it's the shows that we watch, you know, the Jerry Springers and the Maury's and the Forensic Files like we were talking about earlier, the murder porn stuff that maybe it, it kind of influences us in that way but yeah i always had like this weird fear of of that kind of stuff so maybe that's why we have a bit of a more of a sensitivity towards when we see what we believe to be as children being exploited you know um and i do agree that perhaps like you said as an armchair quarterback maybe that story could have been told without having those girls doing that again i'm not the arter the artist who made that and i'm like i'm not one for censoring people either it's just um there's a bunch of dark gritty stories that that are told or stories that have some dark subject matter that don't it, it's like uh that don't physically harm the person or do that to the person you know what i mean it's like this is very extreme i know this is a very extreme example but it's like uh it's like filming a a murder scene it was like it's not it's not authentic enough you, you gotta kill him <laughs> you know what i mean like uh, you gotta no, you I gotta know, like the uh the the scene in, in django where um the two dudes are fighting in front of leo and and jamie fox and they're fighting to the death like nah it's not authentic if y'all don't really fight to the death. i need you to really get it you know what i mean like you don't have people really fight you have choreographers come in and, and they do this dance almost that's like a fight and it looks real good and real real but it's not real it's fake blood it's fake hits it's all fake they're really some twerking 13 year olds on video you know what i mean yeah, 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 yeah. so no, that, that's kind of my only gripe with it it's yeah it's it, don't get me wrong. Uh, the movie is uncomfortable to watch. It should it should trigger everybody watching it. Right. If you watch that movie and just think, "Nah, it's all right," and carry on, there's something wrong with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't. But I also <laughs> think, but yeah, but I also think it's good to wrestle with this idea, especially again in Europe. It's different here. I'm just, I I honestly do think it's different here. I just think we just have a different way to like you know. I, I mentioned it the other day, but um, the French Prime Minister uh, Marcus 
Sarkozy, I forgot what his first name is anyway. He's married to essentially his school teacher, he, who, who she met when he was 17. Mm. And they're married now. There's like a 20 year age gap between them. But in France, not that much, not, not that big of a deal. You know, people do it all. It's the, the, the culture in France regarding sexuality, regarding, you know, relationship, it's just a different world completely. We just, we will never really be able, even as a Brit, I can never really understand where they're coming from. And the actual funny side of the whole thing is as well is that. You do think you know, there's a lot of context to it because, again, I think we're in the era of seen people a lot more sensitive to it. And, you know, you've got what's that agency in the US you have? Is it Midland or something? There's an agency in the US, I think it's called Midland, that are known for, that were known at the time for kind of casting unconventional beauties, right? People mm. that had, you know, big head, big nose, big ears. But they no, were also. I didn't kind know of, that. I didn't hear about also, this. Yeah, they're also kind of they kind of got tied up in the whole Epstein thing because I think one of the founders of that agency was on the logs for Epstein's plane, and people were basically saying that Epstein basically used that model roster as sort of like his sort of catalog to get new girls. Really dark shit, anyway. Fuck. But those agencies exist in the US where they kind of uh, profit and sort of um, you know uh, direct their attention to girls that kind of look a bit pubescent, a little bit young, but they're actually older, right? That kind of weird, flat-chested kind of look where you kind of look at is she underage is she not underage they're kind of specialized in that it's like a thing. baby face like ellen page type thing yeah exactly exactly that okay. thing exists so it's it's funny to see people in the u.s who kind of don't have any understanding of that side of things complain about that thing complain about the movie but it's also interesting to see that the stick that the movie is getting isn't as isn't as vocal as it could would be if the director was like a white guy <laughs> that's if the that's director true. was a white that's guy true. dude that's true. that movie would have I think he would, I don't know, that guy might have died, man. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 it's yeah. interesting because it's a woman and it's a black woman. Right. It's very difficult to kind of go after Call that movie out. as hard as they want to because, right. especially the lefties, because it's like, you know, that's why you see a lot of lefty people are a little bit like, oh, it's expression. It's right. You know, they're kind of being a little bit hands off about it. But if that was a white dude that made that movie, oh, oh my yeah, God. Oh, yeah, the patriarchy at its finest. Look yeah, at this exactly, white man exploiting exactly. these little girls. For his and there, stupid and fucking and movie. Black, and, and there's a couple of black girls in there. He's exploding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He thinks he can tell their story better than a woman. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. No, it'd be, it'd be, yeah, yeah. it'd be, they'd have a fucking field day with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that, and that's almost kind of like what happened with Milo is like he was out here so you know what that's a weird phenomenon too we're like the only country that lets people from other countries come in and be like big political influences uh, I hate like it the, I the, hate the it proud so much, boys man. the proud fucking Gavin is Canadian why are, yeah, we, why are we listening to the fucking Canadian yeah. and then we have Milo he can't even vote and he was like oh daddy Trump <laughs> it's like hey yo Get out of here. And no I one can like, say shit because it. he's like, well, yeah. I, I'm not a racist because I suck black cock. It's like, uh, mate, all right, it's come annoying. on, yeah, bro. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Shut up. It's it's akin to going to someone's house and telling them how to, you know, changing, their, moving their furniture around. It's disgusting. Facts. It's abhorrent. I don't, it's such a, it's that grift. I detest it to the nth degree. But again, Milo's another good example of that kind of um, cultural Oh, he got super canceled. Right? Because he came out and basically said, yeah, I'm a gay dude. And most gay guys, the first sexual experience is with an older dude. The first old dude I was with was uh, his old and I was that age and da, da, da. And people just freaked out because they've never heard that. Of course, most of the reasons because, you know, people couldn't wait to cancel him because they just didn't like the guy right, anyway. for sure. They it was waiting. interesting to see the difference in culture, like the culture clash happen when you kind of expose that side. And that's a common story. You know, if you speak to enough gay dudes, you will hear the story of like, yeah, the first experience that you do have is usually with an older guy. It's just the way the things work. I don't know why it happens, but it's a thing. 
and then there's also that part of people who when they go through something traumatic i mean people have different ways of of coping and different of ways of, of, <laughs> exactly. of taking uh, control of the situation and if yeah. in his head he felt like he was in control and that's what helps him sleep at night sleep with his experiences yeah. then fuck it dude and, exactly, it, yeah. but he expressed that in public and people didn't feel like they had the same sentiment i mean yeah, yeah. What, what, what can you do I, I i personally just thought thought think it's weird that we're people here are so accepting of that like oh yeah my even, i caught even myself kind of like fucking with milo and like looking forward to his podcast just because he would say crazy shit though not because i'm sitting there like oh yes i must vote for who he yeah. tells me to vote for even though he can't vote it's like me going over there and talking about the queen and your prime minister yeah, boris it's so bizarre, man. i don't know it's nothing so man it's i don't so know dick. Like, yeah, I, i'm not really a I like. I'm not. I think it's um. I'm. I, I don't know why you're so accepting of it as a country. People to come in and say it. maybe it's just the idea right. because um. There's so much talk politics shows on, yeah. and you hear the same voices. Just hearing somebody with a different accent come on, different point of view. It's just. It, it's just kind of exciting to hear what some of those things from the outside. But I just. I just think it's rude. I just think you have no right to come in telling people how to vote when you don't have any skin in the game. You don't live there. It's not your country. It just seems a little bit. Like there are, we have our own issues to deal with, right? That's why even some of my friends who kind of bang on about Trump and stuff, it's like we have enough problems <laughs> you have in our friends own country. Who talk shit about Trump, mate. We, we, we have enough. Problems. People do it all the That's time. That's amazing. It's, it's like a pastime. It's a hobby, isn't it? People, it's, it's like an easy topic because you can always get some points. But did anyone ever talk like, about Obama? Don't don't get me started. Man. Wait, they did. Started. Of course they didn't. They talked of- to me in glowing terms. Everyone had fucking that bloody T-shirt on, you know. And now look. But over there. Yeah, of course. People had the T-shirt on. That's so weird. While she was flipping, sending drones to to bombs, flipping towns all over the place, they got the right, shirt on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah it's just yeah. It's they're all nonsense. every. I could make a uh, an argument that every president is uh, awful, awful. You know what yeah, I mean? And, and and it's it's weird because here it's a bit of we have a bit of this racial like tension almost mm. you know what i mean like mm. i'm a hundred percent dominican but because i'm mm. light-skinned and blue eyes i'm white mm. you know what i mean and i, I you know all this and um i just kind of feel like uh, i can i can say trump is a piece of shit no one bats an eye mm. but i'm like obama was just as bad people were like huh how would you yeah, mean yeah, yeah. you know what yeah, i mean exactly. yeah, it's like right. hey yo if we can't be objective <laughs> here then i can't have a conversation <laughs> with you because I can objectively say Obama was trash, Bush was trash, Clinton was trash. Everyone was trash. They're all war criminals. You know what I mean? If you listen to Part of the Problem by Dave Smith, you'd have plenty of reason to hate Trump, Obama, Bush, Clinton, all of them, you know? Mm. Uh, And then if you think about it, um, just a couple uh, last points here. I won't keep you too long. Mm. Uh, From when Bush Sr. was elected, we had Bush, then Clinton, then Bush Jr., then obama and then it was going to be clinton again so mm-hmm. the last like 20 years has been bush clinton bush, bush then clinton, about to yeah. be clinton again like the same four or five families people. controlling like or mm-hmm. not even four or five like two or three families yeah controlling shit and getting their kids in, in in the office and stuff and even jeb bush was really high in 2016 until trump came in and called him slow jeb or whatever the yeah, fuck yeah, he yeah, calls yeah. him yeah. sleepy mm-hmm. joe and all this sleepy shit. joe yeah he uh, has the best epic, fucking epic he has nicknames. Epic, it's epic, phenomenal epic, epic. But, uh, and I just, I think it's real weird and I, I don't, I'm not necessarily a, a Trump supporter. I don't vote. I'm not, I, everyone's saying go vote. Yo, I, I can do math, bro. 
I, I have a better chance of winning the lottery than I do with my vote actually affecting the election. I know that's a no-no to say. I don't know how y'all feel, but over here, there's this cra- like NBA games, football games, American football games, vote, 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 vote. Every celebrity that has a check mark, vote, vote, vote. And it's so phony, bro. Y'all didn't give a fuck 10 years ago, man. Maybe, um, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't understand where this political wokeness started from. I guess it was 2016, but really like i started losing friends then like i started to know it was a problem when i started to lose friends like commenting on someone's facebook thing oh well you're a bigot oh well you're a racist it's like because we just disagree people that i've been friends with for years and years and years and then 2016 came around and you're either red or blue there's no in between there's no give or take there's no gray it's red or blue and that's it i I I think that's the that's a really unfortunate side of how things have gone. I'm not really sure if it's an, uh, an, an, an effect of like Trump's presidency because he's so polarizing that he's done this, but hearing stories of families like divided, not speaking to each other, disowning people, deleting yeah. friends. Yeah. Like it's just absolutely bizarre. And that's why part of me kind of thinks maybe you guys just need, uh, you know, a sort of, uh, you know, a kind of a shell of a human in Biden to take over. And just so things can kind of get back to some kind of normality and level. But then there's a part of me also thinks that there's no way to turn off crazy. We're, like, the temp- like the temperature is so far on the other side or the dial that it's impossible that to expect that somehow because you get Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and there's suddenly now everyone's going to be cordial. And if you have a difference of opinion, it's going to be OK. If anything, it's going to be maybe even worse. Worse, you know dude, I mean? because they're supporting <laughs> the craziness, man. They're, they're, Kamala yeah. Harris is out here talking about black lives matter and this and that but she's a prosecutor mate she's mate, a that record, fucking her record prosecutor is insane. all her she does is, is prosecute yeah, latinos and black <laughs> americans for weed charges dog and you're gonna exactly. sit here and tell me black lives matter i like that's how stupid they think we are that's why i can't bring myself to vote for biden and harris or or trump for that matter because they all just think we're idiots and you're meant to pretend like it's not happening. That's the odd. And again, that's the thing that's really, I think, even in the UK, we had the same thing with Brexit. It's like, it's sort of insulting to your intelligence. Like, they think you don't know what they're doing. It's like, yeah. the, you know, I, I always think back to that Clinton hot sauce in my bag moment on Breakfast Club. Like, what the fuck is that? And then and then you also think of, you know, oh, Trump yeah, kind of, you know, Clinton, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mate, mate, that was amazing. And then you think of uh, Trump, uh, uh, what you call it, doing three point throws with the toilet yeah, papers the, in the thing. <laughs> And then oh, you're like, yo, yeah. Oh, and, then, shit. and then you're thinking to yourself, hold on, like, what the hell is? Uh, uh, and then you have all these celebrities and TV programs telling you to vote, which is essentially them telling you to go vote for Biden. They're not but, telling you to vote for Trump. Oh my they're god, thank you. Biden, Someone else sees it. That's what they're it. doing. That's what they're telling you. Because if you're do. like, oh yeah, I'll yeah. vote for Trump, they're like, whoa, 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 buddy, wait, wait, wait. Maybe, exactly. maybe get. So maybe, you're being told maybe stay exactly. home. So you're being told to believe that somehow Biden is, you know, not mentally impaired. You're somehow told to turn a blind eye to Kamala Harris's prosecution record. You're being told to somehow vote a particular party. And, and you're also being told that your president is a fascist, a racist, a homophobic, whatever. He's, all, he's, he's everything. He's everything in one. Right. He is basically <laughs> Mussolini reincarnated. Right. He is the stepson of Hitler. He is all, all these it. bad things. So they're, so they're essentially pointing you in one direction. You've got one other way to point. And then the moment you bring it up and you want to have a nuanced conversation about it, you're, in, you're kind of brushed off. You're, you're a big you're this, you're that. For sure, you can't. Like, what is going on here, you man? Can't. Like, it's utterly odd. It's really odd. 
I, I wish I had an answer, man. It's refreshing yeah. to hear that from the outside looking in, people are kind of seeing that. And maybe you're one of the rare few like over here because it feels yeah. like uh, I'm a the way I feel is rare, you know, where yeah, yeah. I'm not on either side. I can see the dumb in both, you know, and I can see the fakeness in both as well you know that's one thing that i kind of appreciated about trump at first was it kind of felt like he said what he was on his mind and okay maybe he'll do that in the office and he tweets what's on his mind but as anything everything else he's just fallen in line he's reinstated the patriot act he's continued the drone bombs in yemen uh bombing afghanistan and you know what i'm saying he's continued right in line with every other president that's come before him so i don't believe that there's any difference there but um, with the culture war, man, I don't know where it's going to go. I, I, I hear so many people just predicting that it's going to end in a civil war. And at it has first, to it, I, has, it has to. That's it what has I'm saying. To. At no first, I was hear. very dismissive of it. And now it's just starting to dawn on me that that's that might be where we're going. It's like that incident in uh, uh, where that kid. Um, I forgot where it happened. It was like a rally and they were these kids were out there. Uh, uh, Kenosha, Kenosha. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Uh, where the, the, you know, was... they were defending the gas station, and then they, there was a mob of people chasing a kid. Insane. Why are you chasing a kid with an AR-15? Well, I actually learned after that one of the dudes had a gun in his hand, yeah, yeah, and it jammed or me something. Too, yeah. I learned, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he yeah. he was one of the dudes that got shot in the hand or something oh. like that. Yeah, his whole bicep got blown off. Holy shit, for real? Yeah, yeah, he's one, he's one that bicep got blown off. He's the bicep guy. But no. Fuck. The, the kid's an excellent shot to be like on the way on falling the floor, back down yeah to and to not and again he didn't hit anybody else apart from the people that were attacking him it's, it's insane there's no he, he had I, to, I, some I, adrenaline focus slow motion I shit that was in I, there i don't know i don't know how this ends not to condone what he did though because i, I think it's kind of crazy that you go across state lines to defend a gas station that you don't own but this is but this is what they're all doing is this is what they're doing in portland people are flipping leaving their town to go to go and bloody what what's that what's they call it larping right live live action role playing dressing up whatever i'm this team you're that team and if they're doing these weird play like it's just like looking at it from the outside it's so odd to see grown-ups doing that kind of thing and it kind of makes me think that like especially because i was mulling it over the other day i was thinking hold on if if he if trump loses right do things return back to normality or no. do it just increase it's going to increase because no. he has as many people don't like him, he has fans too. So they're not going to be happy no matter what happens. They're not going to be happy about it. He's already sowing the seeds of discontent about the polls and shit. It's, all, it's, it's going to end in some sort of firestorm. And, and hopefully, the only thing I think to be positive about is that hopefully whoever gets it, whether it's Trump or whatever, sees it as a moment to come and try and bring the country together because it's gone too, like, like it's gone too far now. The division and the us v them thing is too much. Like Regardless of who wins, someone has to be like, okay, cool, let's be grown-ups now. And I know we uh, disagree politically, but we have to work together to heal, especially in, during COVID. Like this is the one time where you should be kind of coming together as a nation. If anything, it's kind of uh, split you guys even more. It, even us in the UK has split us as good. So it's, it's been a very odd thing to see, really. Yeah. Like, hey, what can you do? Uh, it's it's really weird. And uh, I do think it's it's gone too far. It, it feels like there, like I said earlier, there's no middle ground. And um, the, the thing is when, like if either side wins the other side feels like it's going to be the end of the world both sides yeah, feel that way yeah, yeah, the, the yeah, trump yeah, fans yeah. feel like if biden wins oh god we're going to be a communist country now and mm. then the the lefties think that if trump wins again then oh we're definitely going in even though they saw four years the economy was up until covid and everything everyone's alive everything's fine no nukes have gone off we're kind of cool with russia but they still feel like the next four years could be nuts if he gets elected yeah. again and it's just like can we just admit that really nothing changes they're both 
two heads of the same snake uh, th- that exactly, are at play exactly. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, no one wants to have the nuanced conversation. And uh, I think it's, it uh, honestly, the left is way more racist than the right in some aspects. Uh, uh, the, the way that, that Democrats feel like they just have the black vote is really disrespectful to black voters intelligence. Like when Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Like, yo, I'm not black, but that's fucked. You know what I mean? That's not a cool thing to say. And then some old white dude born in like 1930, whatever the fuck year he was born. He's probably more racist than, than a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like he grew up in that era. I find it all disingenuous on both sides, yeah. Like it's really weird to look at it from the outside looking in. If we have the same thing here with the Conservative Party, I don't know how the again because I'm not really a big into politics. I haven't done any research into it, but I'm I'm really curious as to how the Conservatives on our side and the Republicans on your side have, have managed to um, tap into the working class and make them believe that they're they're working in their interest. And it's also interesting to see how the up the kind of liberal elites have somehow convinced. Or, or, or somehow believe or convince themselves that they're the voice of the marginalized minority. It's just very odd to see that. So the Democrats on their side think they've got the black and brown broke in their back pocket. Right. And then for some reason, the Republicans think they have the working class in their back pocket when both parties don't serve any of their interests. If anything, they're the ones responsible for the distress they're going through. It's really utterly bizarre to think that somehow working class Americans think Trump has got their back. <laughs> and somehow they think that Joe and then black, and then you know black people living in the depths of poverty somewhere in the middle of America think somehow right. Joe Biden and Kamala fucking Harris are going to save them. It's like, huh? You, yeah. it, it, it's it's really like it's hopefully there's something out there documentary I could watch that could explain that, but it's really expertly done in terms of being able to convince people those things. It's 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 a form of manipulation that really deserves a documentary or some kind of Netflix. It'll never it's, happen it's, because it's crazy. <laughs> it'll never happen because they don't want that to get out. I mean, yeah. uh, it's kind of, I, I guess with the, with the Republicans and the working class, I guess it's just, they kind of preach this small government thing. And when all in reality, the Trump administration spent more than the Obama administration and the Obama administration spent more than the Bush administration. Mm-hmm. Every administration has been spending more money, but the Republicans are always insistent that they're going to yeah. cut government spending and they're going to, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, y'all maybe cut some red tape over here, but you guys increased the military budget by a mi- We could mm-hmm. cut, we could slice our military budget in half. Yeah, okay. dude. <laughs> Like we don't need that, that much yeah. shit. Like no one, no one fucks with us. We're fine. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> you know, Everyone, but, but no you one say that. Like, no one's like that U.S. smoke. No one. No, like, no, no. But but you say that, and oh, you you don't support the troops, bro. Yeah. You don't support the tro- my fucking dad, bro. World War Two vet, bro. What the fuck? And yo, people get yeah. hype like like people about the Manchester United. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and the soccer teams out there, people get hype about soldiers, and everyone's got a family member and an uncle. It's kind of like. Uh, cops but everyone loves them whereas like now yeah. like everyone just hates cops everyone loves yeah. army people and like oh thank you for your service cops is like pig spitting your food fucking lady complaining about how she couldn't get her McGriddle or whatever you know what I mean so oh, that woman crying that was fucking you cannot have a badge if you're emotionally yeah, distressed over yeah. a McGriddle dog yeah, like I, I'm really sorry you couldn't get your sandwich, but ma'am, you should turn in your badge, please. Yeah, go home and change, <laughs> yeah. and then go back to McDonald's, bitch. Yeah, come on, bro. <laughs> I, for real, no. I mean, if you, there are a lot of bad cops, man. But I, I, to, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't think defunding the police is necessarily a bad thing. Like, if you cut their funding, uh, I don't know how we function without 
it's not even a conversation so. to have. I don't it's, know. Just, it's not even. A, you don't even need to. Sometimes these conversations, you don't even need to. You don't even need to um, acknowledge give them. Give them acknowledge. Yeah, it's just stupid. like flatter. What are you talking about? Like, and then uh, I, I love the mind games. Like, oh, um, I love the semantics. Defund the police. What do you mean? I can defund. No, we don't mean defund. We mean re. We mean um, resources. Change the re, um, take some funding away from there to put it over there. So why don't you say that? Right. Defunding doesn't mean that. What you when you say defunding, that means you want to abolish. You want to get rid of. It's like no, we don't. We want to um, allocate them to places is where they need to be used like well then say that use your right. words you know what i mean like right. what the flip are you doing well that's it's, the, just, it's insane it's insane the perfect example is people say oh if you don't mean get rid of it then they've been defunding our school's art programs for the last 10 years where are those we defund things they go away you know what i mean and, and to think that we could privatize police i mean as I, I love dave smith and i love libertarians i would consider myself a libertarian but the idea yeah. of a privatized police force it's uh, scary it it's like what scary. what <laughs> you can just afford it or you can't like i don't like that have you ever been to have you ever been to a shopping mall have you ever seen how jumped up some security guards are in luxury stores how oh, they yeah. are in shopping malls yeah. do you want those guys carrying guns and badges and policing your neighborhood really do you want a a jumped up security guard a jumped up ticket attendant oh like my really God. is that what you want yeah because like, those are the guys on, that, that are failed cops those are the guys course, that end up going course. to try and get the badge they end up oh i didn't pass the course i'll be a fucking mall security guy and, and those the same guys that do security at bloody um you know what they're called the uh hidden hills and you know those kind of private estates those are the kind of guys you meet over there right right yeah crazy uh pe- i mean and there's a fair share of people who join the army because they're nuts and they want to kill people too you know what i mean there's yeah, yeah. same yeah. way there's loads of cops who do it or, or ex i think there i don't know man there's just no right or wrong answer right now I, I don't know i don't know what it is i don't know what we do i know that the, the cops were kind of instituted as like slave patrol or those badges that's what they started as and it's it holds you know almost everything is affected by its history in some way so it only makes sense that cops are still a little bit racist today but i can't say that that's across the board 100 percent. you know maybe of course not. of course not uh they work for a system that uh contributes to that in 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 the very foundation of it because that's how it was built way back when i can understand that but it's not really what people are saying people are just saying all pigs are bastards defund the police and i don't know man it's just it's real touchy man i almost just want to stop talking about it before i get canceled yeah. no, and, and ultimately <laughs> it's not a conversation that we should be having and, that's the you know thing what i mean it's well, it's not a conversation that we should be having it's essentially a distraction from actually the bigger risk that are play the real issues that need to be addressed we shouldn't be wasting our time with like who's actually sat down and actually gone through policies with trump the one time he actually got grilled on any kind of policy concerning covid that interview that he had that was an epic car crash where he had the papers yeah he was flustered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what politics should actually be about like two people sitting down and going be policy to policy and then the american public english wherever they are wherever you are whoever your leaders are deciding who's the best person to take you into the, the, your your next phase whatever it may be but unnecessarily we have these these kind of really um silly cultural wars that are going on that are not benefiting anyone that are distracting us all from what's actually going on and what's actually affecting every regular every regular people because i ultimately do believe that most people shouldn't be concerning themselves with politics it's obviously way above most of our heads in terms of understanding there are systems and structures in place that we have no business trying to understand or trying to influence any kind of shape or way but because of all the messes going on we're forced to pay attention to this stuff 24-hour news stations all this bullshit and essentially what does it lead to nothing and it's just more divided 
nation, more divided people. If anything, we should be trying to move past it, trying to get to a place where we're not seeing race, we're not seeing all these kind of things, living harmoniously. But no, that's a racist statement now. Oh, yeah. you don't see color, huh? Yeah. It's like exactly. It's fuck. What are we doing, man? What are we do? All the, all these kind of you know freedom fighters that died in vain for nothing for now is to be complaining about somebody using the wrong term to us or somebody saying this or somebody doing this and it's just it's such a it's such a bizarre place and again I I, I just I'm hoping like in anything like in sports we're going in a cycle and hopefully the next cycle will be bliss and amazing <laughs> and we'll all be you know. Uh, uh, <sighs> dancing in the rain, uh, what you could skipping through fields of daffodils, yeah. you know, exchanging tabs of mushrooms. Or yeah, whatever. maybe like a nice uh, renaissance again, like the '60s, you know, psychedelic yeah, please, renaissance. Please. We to, yeah, we, we need to return to this because this is. Uh, I, I've had enough of of people falling out with their grandparents oh because of God. political views. Let's get back to normality. Please. It's so yeah, it's it's a really weird place, man. But I think that's a great note to end on. Um, mm. Uh, I think it's been a phenomenal episode. Definitely covered a bunch of topics, <laughs> Augustino. So let people yeah, know where yeah. they can find you uh, and, you know, follow you on social media, all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter as Agostino Zingle, all one word. You'll be able to find me on there. And then from, you can also check out my website, AgostinoZingle.com. All my links to everything else I do on there. Find me on YouTube too, The Agostino Zingle Show. And yeah, yes. wherever you see podcasts, wherever you see videos, you'll see my white glasses on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Definitely go check out his show, The Agostino Zinga Show. It's fucking phenomenal. I love hearing this dude talk. You know, it's a talent to do an episode by yourself and be able to carry on a conversation by yourself for over an hour because i know i only know two people that do it bill burr and you you know what i mean unless someone has there like we a go. script there we go you know illustrious I mean? company yes there you go <laughs> <laughs> the monday morning podcast i love it i love him ranting and yeah. I, i'm at the point where i feel like i'm gonna have to start doing something like that to to fill some weeks out where i have guests drop out because i was i didn't do an episode last week because mm. my guest for last week dropped out last minute yeah. and it, it is what it is i I, I want to start and get on that level though, where I can carry an episode because we I saw an episode that you talking about. Fuck, man, I should be ending the show, but I found this other yeah, point yeah. Uh, uh, about consistency and someone yeah. like you who hasn't been consistent. Now you are consistent and yeah. you can't be mad at someone else's success who has been mm -hmm. consistent for two years versus yeah, inconsistent yeah. for four. Mm -hmm. So I want to. I was at a point where I was getting consistently the same amount of views and shit. And then I started falling yeah. off around COVID mm. and happening because it's hard to get people in, in your house, you know, of when, course, of course, of course. when people have to wear masks yeah, yeah. and shit. Um, so I want to get back on track and being consistent. And I don't think I can consistently have guests on at the moment. So doing something like that would be kind of cool. I might hit you up for some pointers or some shit. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, other than that, man, I really appreciate you being on, man. Thank you so much. No problem, man. Happy yeah. to be on and great to have a chat with you. Yeah, man. Awesome. Uh, and if you want to find me, make sure you follow me on Instagram at The Throne Podcast, uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're on all of that. Make sure you follow us there. And uh, we got new episodes every Friday. So make sure you don't miss out and uh, follow us on social media. Other than that, Augustino, thank you again, brother. No Peace. worries, man. Peace. Take care.